0: guys, Nick Burnett here. Just wanted to kind of give some information on why I joined the Patreon, why I'm part of the Dynasty Warzone uh, team. Downloaded the Dynasty Warzone podcast. It took one day to join the Patreon. Reached out to Memphis about a situation with one of my rosters. And the kind of feedback I got was, Hey Nick, why don't you give me a call? Uh, We went down my roster and he helped me pull off a couple moves that put me ahead when I thought I was... Going to be in rebuild mode this year. And that's just part of what comes with the Patreon. Uh, Just uh, trade talks, just good interaction with guys that love fantasy football. Uh, whether it's 10 o'clock at night or 3 o'clock in the morning, there's always going to be fantasy football talk, whether it's redraft, whether it's dynasty. I joined a couple leagues with the Patreon members and it's the same thing. Even in, even while we're drafting, we're still shooting ideas at each other. And if that sounds like something that you want to be a part of, pause the podcast now join the patreon and join uh join a great fantasy football group but more like a fantasy football family
1: what's happening everybody happy wednesday and welcome to the dynasty war zone the people's dynasty podcast and on this week's show we are going to cover our all 2021 all breakup team last week we introduced you to our sweethearts But you can't make room for new sweethearts unless you're going to break up with some. But I'm not a player. But tell you who is a player, that's my co-host. He is the man of the hour and the man with the power. He is Jerry Sinclair. Jerry, what is up?
2: Nothing, man. A fantastic introduction from a person who I could never break up with. It is just too good to sit back and talk Dynasty Theory once again, my friend.
1: You know, I don't want to make the intro too long as, uh, you know, that'll be my little segue into ratings and reviews. And by the way, thank you. We are over 200. We're not at 200. We are over 200 total reviews across all platforms, including well over 180 on Apple, which is the big dog in the yard of podcast reviews. Uh, So thank you. But Jerry and I are a bit of goal chasers. So our goal is is to get to 300 reviews and 500 YouTube subscribers by week one of the NFL season. How, how can you do that? Um, well, you can you can totally, totally help us by going everywhere and anywhere rating, reviewing, subscribing, and sharing the show. It is the fastest way to help us grow and get where we're trying to go and, and keep this uh, keep this trainer rocking. So Jerry, before I get into what you just talked about, I want to make sure to give a shout out to a very nice review we got just today. And it says, "I love the DWZ, something for everyone. I feel like I learn a lot, a must for fantasy players." And that is from Podbean, and that is courtesy of Andrew Campy. How about that on behalf of Andrew?
2: If I'm not mistaken, an Australian too. No no surprise that we have the following in Australia. They are sweethearts, angels, um. Yeah, love it. Love to love to hear it,
1: man. Dude, Dynasty Warzone, internationally known yet locally accepted. I mean, we got folks from Iceland, Great Britain, all over Great Britain too. I mean, not just like England, like you think, like London. I mean, like all over that part of the world. Iceland, we talked about this last week. Iceland, mm-hmm. Australia. I mean, feels really good to know that we're bringing the People's Podcast international. But one thing you talked about was Dynasty Theory. So that is the one thing uh, we have always done, and I I will admit we do a little bit more of that over at the Dynasty Happy Hour Contractor, but going forward, Jerry and I are going to make sure we mix in a little bit more of the theory talk. Uh, I think a lot of shows do a very good job of identifying players, giving you player value, but there seems to be a need and a desire for more strategery, Jerry. Have you noticed that? Like like a lot of shows can tell you who's a good player. They can't tell you how to build a winning roster. I feel like there's a lot of that, and that's the uh, the void you and I fill here at the DWZ.
2: And what is more important? than knowing how to build a roster. I I don't know what it is, which is why I like having these conversations, which is why I was happy and fanboyed the first time that I got to be on the show. Speaking of which, I was on my old laptop, and I, crap you not, Randy, I found the first episode that I recorded all those many moons ago, and let me just tell you that I sounded awful. I was absolutely pitiful, and I sounded like a scared child that was curled up in the corner.
1: Well, you are now... Uh, sounding much more closer to average. So you got that going for you, <laughs> yeah. which is nice. No, um, it's been a big topic on Twitter lately, and it, it just feels like everyone's chasing clout. Everybody, you know, it, it feels like here's the process for everybody. A, start something. C, profit. It's all that work in the step of B that, that seems to be the thing. But uh, I've been doing my research, man, and we're going to continue to give you guys more theory-based and how-to's. Like I've always said, a lot of people can walk into Lowe's and say, that's a damn good two-by-four. But but you got to be able to take the two-by-four and turn it into something. That's what we're going to continue to do. Uh, that's why we moved all the rookie content to Sunday night's Rookie Rundown. So this way we can have some how-to best practices. This week we're going to wrap up with some breakups I want to make sure to let you know that the DWZ Football Network's redraft show, the FF Smackdown, was live on YouTube last night. And our buddies Jake and Kyle took a turn at talking some Dynasty. They talked some Dynasty. uh Not only, Jerry, did they steal our Dynasty love for the day. Uh, Jake, the new co-host, was talking about poop. Jerry, he's talking about James Robinson, and he is talking about poop. He is totally stealing your gimmick in every sense of, of, of the word.
2: What? What is it that? Uh, what is it like? Stealing is the the greatest form of flattery, See, or something along the lines like that.
1: Imita- imitation. There you is go. Is the is the greatest form of flattery, Jerry?
2: See, so I can't be upset. Hey, I. Man, listen, hey, I feel honored. In fact.
1: Hey, hey, you know what? Talking about James Robinson and talking about poop is right up your alley. I did mention the rookie rundown. This past Sunday, we had Alex Erickson of Pro Football Focus. He joined myself and Dallas Hyder. And we went around some rookies that he's not leaving his draft without, some rookies he's not drafting, players that he thinks are overrated, underrated, and he gave us his small school special. I'll be back here tomorrow night. I'll be here with the Dynasty Happy Hour Contractor. And then I got a lot of love, man, on my Carson Wins pod. I'm going to try to do that sporadically. I don't want to lock myself into another podcast. My wife would not love it. But I kind of want to do like a little grab bag of topics here or there, uh, just sporadic. So that's what makes subscribing all worthwhile. And uh, if you're not following us on social media, it's Dynasty Warzone on both Instagram and Twitter, at Dynasty Warzone. And if you're not on social media, Make sure to uh, email us if you need anything. It's DynastyWarZone at Gmail. It's really, really that simple. Um, But, Jerry, that's it, man. Five minutes of promoting. Maybe a tad over because we talked about poop. We talked about about theory and game building. But I'm ready to get into this all breakup team. I don't know about you. I'm ready. Are you ready?
2: Oh, yeah. And listen, if talking about poop is not going to be good for an intro, then you know what, Randy? I don't want to be on this damn show anymore because that is – That is a hallmark of this damn program.
1: Uh, If if Jerry said if loving poop is wrong, he doesn't want to be right. right. So we're we're gonna jump into uh, speaking of poop. Let's go right to the tight end position. (laughs) It's 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 kind of it's kind of you're an effing pro, Randy. What a segue. It's 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 kind of poopy. I mean, if if your tight end's not named Kelsey Kittle or maybe Waller, maybe Hawkinson, maybe we'll see. He's he's getting there. Um, Jerry, what, what tight end are you breaking up with in 2021?
2: Well, I've got a list of about, I don't know, five uh, written on my notepad here, my handy-dandy notebook with my handy-dandy G2 Pilot Pen, uh, premier pen that I will only write with. Let's see, Gronk, Cole Komet, Jared Cook, Zach Hertz. Uh, but I'm not going to talk about any of that because that's lazy as hell. Anyone that's listening to this show knows damn well that a lot of those guys, I mean, Cole Komet's cute. I just, I, I would need to see a long, a big,
1: long line of Notre Dame tight yeah. ends, you know, the, the Eiferts, the Rudolphs, the, and now the Comets. So you can get a whole lot of tight end meh with Cole Komet, although I do kind of like Cole Komet. That's what it's, I'm mostly, saying, like, it's mostly the offense.
2: But it, I would need to see a tremendous upgrade at quarterback for me to even really fancy him at all, other than just being at the bottom of my roster. The other guys are old or, you know, I mean, Zach Ertz isn't that old, but he's a dying asset. The guy I want to talk about is not a dying asset, and he's not old. In fact, he is almost certainly the youngest guy in this conversation. Uh, It's Kyle Fitz. I'm not done with him in Dynasty. I don't think he's a bad prospect. I think he's great. I am ready, trepidatious about the fact that rookie tight ends never succeed immediately that's not to say that this man cannot be everything that we wanted but this guy already was tj hawkinson this guy already was hunter henry this guy already was evan ingram oj howard oj uh, howard, howard david and joku let's keep going there has been a lot of these situations Noah fan. you know some of those guys are relevant other ones if you're new to Dynasty, you may have never heard of them, or you'd be surprised that somebody has them on the back end of their roster. Looking at you, David and Joku, it's just tough. And you, there's a lot of situations that he could land in where I just would not love it. And you're, you're talking about a guy that is likely to go pretty early. I mean, the Detroit Lions are not likely to draft him, which is a good good thing for them. But there's just, like, where's he's not going to end up in a good situation. That's what I'll say, Randy, which means he's going to be on a bad team. He's probably going to be, you know, growing with a bad team, which is not conducive to immediate value. And that means his most expensive point, at least in the immediate future, is going to be as a prospect. And I don't love that because that means you're drafting him, and then as he starts to play, he becomes a descending asset. Now that doesn't mean that it's going to stay that way. I don't. I don't think you think that either. But in the short term, the year or two years, sort of, you know, like Noah Fant. Like when Noah Fant came out, where where was he going? One oh six. You know, it, 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 it depends
1: on the. It, I mean, it depended on the format. Like in a, in a tight end premium, he might have been him. I think him and Hopkins. Uh, well, I, and, I'm
2: talking tight end premium. If we're not talking, uh, yeah, tight yeah, yeah, premium, yeah, Like like, like 10- he, he needs to drop.
1: Well, well, yeah. I was—I I remember correctly, and I, I'm quoting the UDPL, the Ultimate Dynasty Podcasters League, with guys like Tyler Gunther and Izzy Alkafas, and, and and people that you would know. If I remember correctly, that year, I believe Hawk and Fant went back to back at the 107 and the 108. If I remember correctly, if not, it was like the 108, 109. But it was right there in what we'll call the the just past the midway point.
2: And would you say they have grown in value?
1: I think Hawkinson has a little bit. Like I don't think I, you think, could buy, I, I, I don't think you could buy Hawkinson for like the one oh eight right now. My, my issue with Pitts is that Pitts. Uh, I saw a mock draft today on Twitter by some very well respected uh, companies. We'll call them, you know. And yeah. Pitts went at the one oh four, and and you know what? What I'm Randy Young, but what Randy Jackson used to say on American Idol for that reason, dog, I'm out. I mean at at the 104 I mean at the 104 in a super flex you're you know obviously T law is going one but the 104 you're really debating between Najee Harris Travis Etienne and Jamar Chase and you took Kyle Pitts if I had the 104 more than likely you have the 204 right yeah I would much rather reach a little bit at the 204 and maybe get Pat Fryermuth of Penn State or a Brevin Jordan of of Miami or at the 304, you could reach for uh, Jake Turd Ferguson, or, or anyone. There, there's the, the the kid from Boston College. I'm drawing a blank on. I, I agree with you. Um, I think I think the the pits is kind of like a a snowball that you started on the top of a mountain, and as you roll it down the hill, he he just continues to pick up steam, pick up steam. I'm not saying that he may not be a hit. I agree. At 104, I, but, but at what, so why Jerry's breaking up with him, and tell me if I'm wrong, is it's the cost of acquisition. It's the barrier correct. to entry to just, get him just, on just your for, team.
2: Just for now, too. I, there, There's nothing that I am saying that makes me suggest that this man is not going to hit and could potentially be good. Well, I'm, I'm but looking it, but at if you're the, taking If you're taking a 104, a, a guy at 104 or 106 or 107, which I cannot imagine he drops past that, you're going to need immediate production, or at least you could potentially draft someone with immediate production in that section, and Kyle Pitts is not likely to be that. E- even elite tight ends. I mean, George Kittle, he's an elite tight end, right? He gets injured a lot. So that leaves Travis Kelsey, and he's in this situation with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid and Kansas City. There's only one situation like that. I, I just – the, the the amount me. of – a uh, 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 ways he he could disappoint immediately in his career i i i just don't love it i i don't love it. i don't want to risk that much right right now for a tight end which is really a luxury pick
1: well let me let me hit you with some spots and, and which one of these spots makes you want to take him at the 104 or the 105 you tell me where so uh, as, as crazy as it sounds, I don't think him and TJ Hawkinson lined up as a complete mix match because you know I've heard a lot of people call Kyle Pitts the best receiver in this class. Forget tight end, they say he could be the best receiver. I don't know about that. I'm a big Jamar Chase guy, but okay. So if he goes to the Bengals at five, okay. Joe Burrow and, and you know Joe Burrow, you know, I, okay, maybe maybe that's justified a cool. top five pick. Uh, The Eagles at six. I don't think they do that. They could go quarterback. They could go wide receiver. They've already got Dallas Goddard. Um, The Lions at seven. I don't think so. The Panthers at eight. I don't think the uh, obviously the Broncos wouldn't at nine. The Cowboys probably wouldn't at 10. They definitely need defense after investing. But let's say they do.
2: Let's say they do. How pissed off are you?
1: Well, I'm not pissed off cuz I don't have him yet, but I know a look, lot of people saying, look, Debbie, look, look, look. Like, in Debbie. It's not good that, in
2: that situation, exactly. You got CB, so You footballs. got all you got.
1: Yeah. I mean, the, the the spot that I see him landing in the top 15 or 16, uh, I would not hate the Chargers obviously. No. Although there is Mike Williams, Austin Eckler. Here's what here, we we'll wrap but, oh, up oh, for we'll now. Rent,
2: for now, I, I, I think, think that now. Is, I think arguably that's one of the best situations he can land into.
1: C- correct. So so he- here's how I would approach. Uh, he could be a 2022 sweetheart. He can be a 2021 yes, breakup and be a 2022 sweetheart. Agreed. Because It probably because, will be. Because he's one of those guys that will not be able to probably meet the lofty expectations his GMs will have of him. Therefore, he will be, I don't want to say a value, but you can probably get him next year in a tight end premium. You, you might get the owner who gave the 104 this year to get him. You might get him for the 108 next year. And, you know, you can be plotting your, your future. So mine is going to maybe baffle a, a few people because this guy was a sweetheart of a lot of people. Just a couple of years ago, for me, it's Mark Andrews. And, and man, this is a guy that, you know, he made his way into a lot of services rankings in, in the top three after a big, a big 2019 where he had 850 yards. He had 10 TDs. But then he regressed a little bit in 2020. He only had 700 yards and in seven, seven TDs. But that's not really, you know, the TDs are obviously going to fluctuate year to year. That's not my concern. It's three straight years where his yards per catch have regressed. He went from 16.2 to 13.3 to 12.1 yards per reception. And, and here's and, and that's not even my biggest concern. Here's my biggest two concerns. Baltimore is not a high-volume pass offense to begin with. This team only attempted 438 passes in uh, 2020. And that's 28 attempts, not completions, guys. And ladies, 28 attempts per game. And his 20.1 target share last year, well, that's going to come down as the Ravens are firmly in the free agent and rookie wide receiver market. I think cost versus potential upside of this guy i would rather move off of him i would be going to the tj hawkinson owner i would say hey what's the gap for you between andrews and hawkinson um maybe i can trade him for for i don't think you could but maybe like a kyle pitts type maybe you can you know move into like a hunter henry maybe you can band-aid a guy for a year i don't know i just know that where he's going in startups I know his current acquisition price and tight end premium and what I think his role will be and can be going forward because you see other dynasty services. They're talking about Hollywood Brown's going to take a step forward. We're we're talking about, they're going to, you know, they're going to be in the market for Kenny Galladay or Alan Robinson, or they're going to draft. I saw Rashad Bateman go to them in a mock draft. They don't throw the football that much in Baltimore. So is he going to continue to get a 20% target share? Probably not. So will those numbers regress even further? The math and the data would dictate that it's more likely they go down than up or hold. So for those reasons, I am breaking up with Mark Andrews in 2021. Jerry, anything on Andrews before you go into your first QB?
2: I think that's sort of like the Kyle Pitts situation. You know, good, good tight end, pretty young. There's just The acquisition cost, like we talked about with Kyle Pitts, it it is too high. I mean, we could talk about Darren Waller and his old ass. I'm going to get more production, and he's going to be cheaper than him. Now, I haven't done a startup yet this year. I know we got one coming up in a little bit here. Um, you know, I'm I'm going to guess Darren Waller has moved up a little bit compared to you know where the narrative has been around him. But I bet Mark Andrews is still going way too high for a situation that, like you said, is just not pass heavy enough for me. It's extremely touchdown dependent, which the whole position sort of is in general. But I, I'm I'm with you. Not mad at you at all for I, that. I, 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 would,
1: <laughs> I would I would rather take him to the Mike Gaseki owner, who was my tight end sweetheart last week, and see what that owner GM would give me in addition to Mike Gaseki to get Mark I mean, Andrews. Even, what
2: if it's a second? You cool with a second?
1: I, probably. In a super flex yeah. tight end premium, sure. Because there is about ten wide receivers I really like, about five running backs, five quarterbacks. You sprinkle in a couple of uh, a couple of tight ends, and you are looking twenty four deep. So, yeah, I, I I would take I would take Gasecki in a decent. I would prefer to be like the top half of round two, right? But I am going to I am going to listen. Maybe maybe I can get two seconds. Maybe I can get like the two oh eight and a twenty twenty two second, and just put that in my hip pocket. And uh, I am big on Gasecki. But who are you not big on at the QB position? Who are you out on, man? Uh, I'm going to go Jalen Hurts. Why not just keep
2: going polarizing players? This is another situation where I wouldn't be surprised if he hit. I just – I don't love him. I I watched him at Alabama, and what did we see in the biggest game? We saw him go to the pine, and we saw Tua come in and win the game for him. And then we saw him go to Oklahoma with Lincoln Riley, who can just fire – Heisman Trophy winners out like it's nothing. And he did good for a while when they played the bad teams. Then he got to the end and they fell off a little bit. Now, they they were they were still a good team and he was okay. Slipped to the second round for a reason because he's raw. You know, I think he is a better fantasy football quarterback than he is an NFL quarterback. And that is not conducive to be a long-term NFL quarterback. You, you can rush for two touchdowns in that last game where he got benched. And everybody who started him enjoyed every second of it. But if you're an NFL team and you have, you know, his completion percentage was ass and he threw three interceptions or whatever he did. And he was ass and then got benched for some guy who's ass. It, that, it's just, I don't know. I and, and the sophomore slump is reality. And that is with elite quarterbacks. That's with good quarterbacks, a guy that, has his challenges and does not exactly have the greatest team around him. I mean, well, I, that, I don't think that, he that's does. That's my big
1: fear. That's my big fear is that the offensive line is bad. Now they should get Brandon Brooks back, but outside of that, I mean, not great weapons. They've let Deshaun Jackson go. They've let Alshon Jeffrey go. They're probably going to let Zach Ertz go. So he's going to go into this season with maybe a rookie, maybe. And and for me, new my think a head coach that was brought in to fix the other guy. Yeah. Nick Sariani has no track record with a mobile quarterback in, in the NFL. He's, he's dealt a lot with the Philip Riverses and the Jacoby Brissettes and the Andrew Lux of the world, not the, not the Jalen Hurts of the world. And there's no quarterback in Dynasty who has a wider range of outcomes. This hey, guy, that's at, the big one. At, at, and, and, and for me, if someone says a year from now, Jalen Hurts was a top eight QB. Thumbs up, man. I, yep. I, I, I totally see a scenario where that happens. If someone told me in April, Philadelphia takes Trey Lance with the sixth pick. And and here's my biggest fear, Jerry, you know, I know you love the word. My biggest trepidation is that Philadelphia, the day. So, so there you go, Philadelphia, you have the opportunity to get this right, coming right out of the chute. Carson Wentz is heading to Indianapolis. We can name Jalen our starter. Here's what we're going to do. They wouldn't name Jalen Hurts the starter on that day. Not only did they not name him the starter, but they said they were bringing in competition. That could be a veteran. That could be a, a Fitzmagic. That could be who knows who. Or it could be Trey Lance with the 106. So for Jer- I agree with Jerry. And Jerry, I don't want to take your, your time. But to, to see a range of outcomes where a guy could not even start one game or be a top eight QB, that's a gap the size of the Grand Canyon. And I and in a super flex league, I cannot invest where I see him going at the fourth round of a startup listen, and, and listen, watch listen. my team get blown up. No way, man.
2: If you have Jalen Hurts, if you already have a standing team and you have Jalen Hurts, you should be thrilled that you have him. Because you have that opportunity and it almost certainly did not cost you much. Maybe, maybe you took him back in second last year and, and you went for it because you thought Carson Wentz was still going to be the guy. And you just wanted to hold on to him. A little Jordan Love-esque situation. Like you said, the startup situation now, now it's different. Uh, I was talking to Maddie Bigchess, our graphics guy yesterday. He said something along the lines that he went in the like 106 of a startup. That's That's just that's too risky. It's just a, it, there's a chance it hits. Don't get me wrong. There's also a chance I go to the gas station and I scratch off a lottery ticket and I hit it for a million dollars. But more than likely, I'm throwing that twenty dollars and I'm ripping it up. Now, this is not an entirely you know, similar situation. It's just it, like you said. Uh, with the situation that we are in now with Jalen Hurts, where we really we don't know. To invest that heavily into something that could truly be worth a wet sock in several months is just too risky. It it really is. You know, we always talk about having that one guy that's risky. You know, you you can shoot for the stars. You know, if you have a set team, okay. But if we're talking about a startup, he's just he's too expensive for me. I don't love it. I I, I really don't.
1: It's it's, it's you're you're and if I'm one. wrong, I'm wrong you're 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 at the craps table in vegas you're on a hottie and you know but you can't win that table they've got enough money to keep to keep rolling with you and and i don't blame you now if if you've got a really good team and you want to see how high is high okay but if you also want to be a little bit more conservative and cash out okay too again i i don't want to pretend like i have all the answers on on jalen hurts i was talking with ray garvin and we we agreed to call him the ultimate choose your own adventure novel if you remember yeah. Jerry remember the book fair when you were a little kid oh yeah I loved that you, I- you had like you had like five ten bucks in your pocket and you were king for a day and you used to buy those choose your own adventure books that's Jalen Hurts baby he's true cho- you know you might read the chapter where Jalen Hurts is a QB one and you turn to that chapter and you're like wah, wah, wah. actually they drafted Trey Lance you're like shit or you may choose the adventure and Jalen Hurts is, is a top QB. Uh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna break up with one of the top QBs in all the NFL. He's actually the reigning and defending MVP of the NFL. It's Aaron Rodgers, guys. He just turned 27. And please don't 37. give me Tom, I, yeah, and just please don't give me Tom Brady. Tom Brady is the exception. He is not the rule. The best case for Aaron Rodgers is Drew Brees. And I'm all on board with Aaron Rodgers in a redraft in 2021, but he is giving you, this guy did CPR on his dynasty value and the Shanahan bump, that's the bump in production that comes in year two of the Shanahan offense. We saw it a couple of years ago with Matt Ryan and his MVP season. We saw it in year two with Jimmy Garoppolo when he went to the Super Bowl with the 49ers. Even Jared Goff in a Shanahan based system had a great year in 2018 in the Shanahan system. And, and Aaron Rodgers just had this. He gave you he gave you everything you could ever want to break up with Aaron Rodgers. Everything under the sun. A huge season. They they may or may not get him more talent. But here's the thing. If I could take Aaron Rodgers and I could get Joe Burrow, if I could take Aaron Rodgers, I would add two. I would add two Aaron Rodgers to go get a Justin Herbert. This is dynasty. This is the future. And a lot of times there's some confusion because we continue to bring more new players to dynasty. And and you're just used to winning. I build the best team and I win. But here's the thing. When you don't win in year one, then you're caught with a big shiny turd in your hand and, and and guys like aaron Rodgers, guys like julio jones they age out and you can never extract any real value for him aaron Rodgers coming off this season coming off year two in the shanahan style offense he gave you the big bump the time is now you need to break up with him you need to go out and move him in your super Even if i could get one of these rookies and i know someone out there screaming at their radio or screaming at their phone you got to get more for, Aaron. listen, I would love to get more, but I, I would also love to get out without my junk in my hand. So I'm going to move, I'm going to move Aaron Rodgers, Jerry. I'm breaking up with him. Uh, who is the next QB you were breaking up with, man? Uh, the Detroit Lions,
2: newest addition, Jared Goff. Um, I just think the Lions are going to be dog crap. J- just they, hurtful. It's. I am somewhat excited about the things that the Lions are doing, but they don't have Sean McVay. They don't have Cooper Cup and Robert Woods and Gerald Everett and Tyler Higbee and Cam Aker. I mean, Swift is good, but I just, I don't love it. I don't love that situation. You know, they're talking about uh, doing the franchise tag for Kenny Galladay. I don't really think they're going to. Uh, Even if they do, okay, that's it. That's what you got. And then you got Quintes Cephas, who I am damn near certain will be out of the league sooner rather than later. I know we had a little talk about this in the GOAT chat earlier. He just, you know, there, there's a lot of young talent to steal Randy. Uh, there's a lot of young talent in this league, and he's just going to be a person that's out of it. I just, I don't think the Lions are going to be great. Uh, I think they are, they, they signed Dan Campbell to a six year deal for a reason. You don't sign a guy who has never, really been a head coach other than his little interim stint to that long of a contract unless you expect it to be a rebuild and to it to be rough for the first couple of years and i don't think jared goff is going to be the long-term answer i don't think they have faith in him clearly the los angeles rams did not have faith in him. you know i i, I have to accept the information that has been given to me you know depending where he falls because a lot of people do hate him you know, maybe he could become a value. I, I guess I'll just have to wait to see how startups go. But can, I don't. Can I,
1: can I share with you why I'm nervous about Jared Goff? I would love to hear it. The, your boy, your boys the in Honolulu Blue, who I love. I, I, I love me some. You know, I am a Jared. <laughs> I let giant. you down i am a harsh jared goff apologist i'll be honest i, Me too. I do I, I am too but, but, but here's my fear and this is from a dynasty standpoint guys this is dynasty this is the long term the the detroit lions play one of the tougher schedules in the nfl next year so they'll play the, the the lions twice they'll play the vikings twice the bears twice so there's there's four games right there against playoff teams and the, and the vikings are always good they play the nfc west so they're going to play the cardinals They're going to play the Niners. They're going to play the Rams. They're going to play the Seahawks. They're going to play the AFC North, which means Steelers, Browns, Ravens, even even the Bengals. Where are the wins? Where are the wins? And here's the thing. If this team goes, is it inconceivable to think that the Lions go 4-12 next year? Absolutely absolutely not. And if you go 4-12, you know what kind of draft pick you get? the kind that allows you to draft the future quarterback and
2: and you have multiple assets from the Jared golf trade so you can move wherever you want in the draft
1: hey you know it's uh it's one of those things you gotta look further down the road in Dynasty and that's why I'm moving on from this guy and that's Ryan Tannehill I love me some Ryan Tannehill I mean he's been as good as gold i can't tell you how many startups i did in 2019 where i picked him up as a qb four or five because i had zero confidence in marcus mariota and by week seven when he took over statistically over the last what is that nine 25 games he's been on par on a points per game basis with patrick mahomes he's been that good over that time frame but here's my concern. This is what I know of of Ryan Tannehill. He's 32 going to be 33 before week 1. He's had multiple major knee issues and he's got a brand new offensive coordinator. Now he was shit under Adam Gase and he was fantastic under Arthur Smith. And now we're going to usher in Todd Downing. And Todd Downing did not set the world on fire the last time he was the offensive coordinator in Oakland. As a matter of fact, Derek Carr in 2017 under todd downing had his second worst statistical season of his career and the absolute worst season of his career outside of his rookie year so what does that up to trepidation baby i am and here's the thing he's given you a cell window unless you just did your startup in 2020 you know you're one of those uh you know there's going to be a huge rush of children from the covid pandemic much like there was a huge rush of dynasty leagues because and if you drafted him in 2020, okay, your acquisition cost is a smidge higher. But if you were like me and you got him in 2019 or your league's older, you probably got Ryan Tannehill for a pretty good price. Now's the time to cash out. Could he be great under Todd Downing? You're damn right he could be damn great under Todd Downing. And he could be the drizzling shits too. But I'm never going to find out because I'm going to break up with that man before week one. Love me some Ryan Tannehill. Jerry, anything on Tannehill before, uh, before we move this thing on? That's Derrick Henry's team. It's always been Derrick Henry's
2: team. Um, Yeah, no, I'm good. Never been his biggest fan. Uh, I thought he was a good value for where he was at, but no. So what uh, what are we going to talk next? You want to do running back breakups? You want to do wide receivers?
1: Before we do that, I'm going to call a timeout for our friends at Viridian Global. This is our official apparel provider. Uh, This is where you can get that sweet hat that Jerry's wearing if you're watching live on YouTube as well as t-shirts and hoodies with all the graphics behind us, if you're watching on YouTube. Whether that's the Army-inspired badge logo, the Air Force-inspired winged logo, and so many more. And by the way, today I had a great idea for a shirt that I've got to get worked up with our boy Maddie Big Chest before we get it on there, and it is going to be a big seller because the saying on the back is going to be both inappropriate and hilarious all at the same time. But you'll never know if you're not following our good homies over at Viridian Global. Um, not only do they support us, they support Destination Devi, our boy Ray GQ. They support the Dynasty Happy Hour, the GOAT District. If you're into fantasy and dynasty fantasy football and you just want some unique gear to wear around and support some good people, man, Viridian Global, V-E-R-I-D-I-A-N, Viridian Global and uh, make sure to to flag or bookmark that Dynasty Warzone page. Jerry, I'm going to go first on this one. I'm going to break up with a guy I was pretty sweet on this time last year, and uh, I'm going to Vegas, and it's Josh Jacobs, man. Uh, So as I was doing my research on Mr. Jacobs, uh, here's an interesting stat for you. In 2019, his rookie year, he averaged 4.8 yards per carry, Dipped almost a full yard to 3.9 yards per carry. And, you know, he's weird. He is weird in the fact that he is no longer a rising star for me in Dynasty. But he is the safest RB2 in Dynasty. Between his first-round draft capital, where they took him late in the first round in the 2019 draft, and two more relatively cheap deal years on his rookie deal, he's going to be solid. I mean, it's a solid offense. He had double-digit touchdowns last year. My concern is this, he, he is averaging right at two receptions a game, and that's across his 28-game career sample size. And another stat blew me away, zero, Jerry, zero career receiving touchdowns. And it always feels like, always feels like they're always going to have some JAG POS running back in the backfield, whether that's Jalen Richard, not Richard, not, not, not up in here. Jerry, I, I'm not even going to play the sounder. Not up in here. It's J, not Richard, It's Jalen Richard. And 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 then uh, something named Devontae Booker. When John Gruden and the offensive coordinator feel like it's more important to put Jalen Richard and Devontae Booker in there on third down, I can't trust Josh Jacobs. Again, if you have him, it may be a sunk cost, but if you can get someone to... Uh, give, give you like a top six pick in a super flex, or maybe even a top three rookie pick in this class. I, I'm gonna listen. Uh, I am nothing against Josh Jacobs. He can, he was technically an RB1 last year, but man, I see a lot of up and comers like Cam Akers, like JK Dobbins, uh, and so many more. And I just, if, if we look back a year from now and Josh Jacobs was the RB18. For 2021, are you shocked, Jerry? Are are you like, oh my
2: god? Uh, I mean, not
1: crazy shocked, but I do think he's gonna finish.
2: I think he'll probably be a a boring RB one. I think he'll be the the guy. I think he'll be the guy that finishes as RB eleven. It'll be because he I plays sixteen games. I, I just think it's because he'll play sixteen games. He is boring. It's I thought he was office. gonna take, I, it, bro. I thought he was gonna t- take that next step too. He didn't. And and you need you need passing. You really do. He, he maybe there's a chance he becomes a value because I, a lot of people are down just like you are, and, and me for that matter. So I, it, there's a chance, and and he's not dead. And you know there's a lot of running backs where the the impending cliff is coming. And like you said, I don't I don't think that's the case for Josh Jacobs. So you can you can have him, and you can be fine with him. But I'm cool with it. I, I don't hate you. The guy I'm going to talk about though, I I think the cliff is coming, Randy. Uh, you have been trying to push this man off a cliff for a long time. And I just keep reaching my hand out while and I hold him up. And this year he finally he finally emerged. He you know, he's got the feet of Le'Veon Bell and he's got the awareness of Jamal Charles and whatever the hell that graphic was. Yeah, he's
1: got the agility of a panther.
2: Yeah. And
1: and, and the vision <laughs> of a hawk.
2: Yeah, whatever the, the hell strength that, of dumb, a rhino. that dumbass ESPN graphic was. My guy's David Montgomery. Um I don't love the future of the Bears. Uh, Believe it or not, I have always thought the Bears are dog crap, and yet somehow they still make the playoffs sometimes with... I mean, the Lions are bad, but it's so horrible to watch the Bears. This dude was so propped up by touchdowns that it's unbelievable. I mean, you look through, like, the first nine games, this man had, I think, like, two touchdowns. And then the last six, he had, like, eight. He just... Here, let's let's look at his rushing edge. You ready for this, Randy? This is going to be a great time for both of us. Okay, 64, 82, 45, 27, 29, 58, 48, 89, 30, before you start getting into where he actually starts scoring touchdowns. But still, none of those are great. Um, He did catch some passes. You know, he he, he was usable. You know, he finishes like RB6, which is just stupid to think about because, you know, He's a guy that can break tackles and fall forward for an extra three yards, which is nice from time to time. I just, I, I don't love the longevity of this. Uh, going forward, it just seems like a fool's errand to try and invest in that.
1: Like, do, do you think he's going to get a, a, a big major contract from a team? Here's the, he's going into what year three, so there's yeah. no rush. He, I think he was a second or a third round pick. So got, uh, third, he was a third round pick, seventy third overall. So he was high third round pick. He, here is my—I don't want to say concern. But I just don't think the 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 receiving yards are going to be there, and the receptions are going to be there the way they were this year. I mean, he had a game with seven receptions, with nine receptions. He had one with five, five, four, four. So he, I mean, he gave he had, you the opportunity to sell him, is what he did. He he, he, gave, he gave you he gave you fifty four. Total receptions and but here's the thing. How many of those fifty-four receptions, more than double by the way, his rookie year where he only had twenty-five? Uh what what happens in twenty twenty one when Tariq Cohen's back from the ACL? Does that go back down closer to thirty? It feels like it would. It really it feels like he was the beneficiary of the Bears not having a great offense all the way around. And it felt like him. Picking up some receiving game work he may not have got had Tariq Cohen still been out there. So I, I'm with you. I'm going to hit you with my next guy, though, Jerry. And uh, this, one, this one may wow you a little bit. But what I'm trying to do, and I could have kicked the show off by prefacing this, is I'm trying to give you names that, from a redraft standpoint, all the guys that I've mentioned so far, I'm totally on board with every single guy that I've told you to break up with. But this is Dynasty. I'm trying to give you some thoughts. And again, this goes back to that theory. Anybody can tell you that, that David Montgomery had a good 2020. How do we operate with David Montgomery going forward? And that's why my guy's Dalvin Cook. Hey, listen, man, I, I know Dalvin Cook had his clearly the best year of, of, of his career last year. And, but with running backs especially, I'm going to be a year early than a year late. This guy is going into year five of his career. He's been paid. Uh, I will tip the old Titleist cap to him. He has played 14 games two years in a row, but this doesn't change the laundry list of injuries this guy has going back to to college, uh, even into high school. I think he had a shoulder injury there. And and it's just time to move on. It doesn't mean that he can't win you a league. It, It just means that I would much rather be going after younger guys like your boy in Honolulu Blue, DeAndre Swift, Cam Akers, Antonio Gibson, uh, I don't think you're getting Jonathan Taylor for Dalvin Cook, but I, I'm looking to go yeah, that maybe net. it's close, man. You, you I know, have, I, yeah, you're right. You're right. You, you yeah, probably do I, have to add something. No, it's not, it, it's it possible versus probable. Is it possible? You could get It's yeah. possible. Okay, Is it probable? Sure. Probably not, but I'm looking to get in that next tier, man. If I could get cam <laughs> Akers and a 2021 first, even a mid first for Dalvin cook, it feel, it feels like, like a, like I'm like I'm selling low. But that's okay. I'm gonna lose the occasional trade, and I'll put lose in question marks because here's here's a bit of dynasty advice that you're not gonna hear in a lot of shows. Jerry, are you ready?
2: Fire, boy, away!
1: Stop saying Cam Akers and the 106 in a super flex tight end premium. Start saying Cam Akers and Trey Lance. Are you gonna take Cam Akers and Trey Lance in a super flex league for Dalvin Cook? If you need a quarterback it may not be a bad time to make that move. Are you going to take Cam Akers and Jamar Chase? Because there's a real world where two running backs or one running back and a tight end and two or three quarterbacks go, and maybe Jamar Chase falls to the 106. Are you going to take Jamar Chase and DeAndre Swift for for Dalvin Cook? I'm going to. So to me, this is not about breaking up with Dalvin Cook because I think he's a turd or he's going to have a – and, Jerry, we, we do love poop here. Yes. Um, we we certainly do. There's a lot of poop references here in the Dynasty Warzone. It's nothing like that. It's simply that it's time to start thinking about maximizing the value and, and continuing that influx of young talent. Jerry, where are you at on Dalvin Cook? You see him a lot there in the NFC North. Yeah, he usually torches the Detroit Lions
2: and he will do that going forward. Um it's you know, I have sort of been a guy that is not as high on Delvin Cook uh, outside of when he was a prospect, in which case I would have built the statue for him. I get what you're saying. And, and that's, that's the thing about this conversation that we're having. It's not that when we say we're breaking up with a player, unless it's David Montgomery, which we,
1: yes. And we, you know, we know that you don't love him. And there is certain players that... I don't I don't hate him either. He got me to the playoffs in the Scott hey. Fish Bowl. He, he carried me through many an injury. He carried me through Tyson Hill and hurting Alvin <laughs> Kamara's value. It's not that. Again, it's that I'm looking to cash my chips in but before um, my chips turn to uh, less valuable than they were, say, a month ago.
2: How many times on a podcast, on Twitter, in a Dynasty article, Everywhere, what is it? I mean, I mean, what are we what are we hearing about right now? That's going on with this GameStop and all this investing and stuff. Buy low, sell high. Guess who's high right now? It's Delvin Cook. The problem is, is everybody wants to just sit on the toilet. They don't want to actually shit when it comes to that the, that situation. They poof. they never want to do it.
1: If the kids at home are playing a, uh, a drinking <laughs> game based around <laughs> poof references, um, <laughs> please so drunk please, right now. Please call an Uber. Call a friend. <laughs> Don't get behind the wheel. Totally dangerous. And, and that's what – I think that, that's our larger point. You know, at some point, the GameStop bubble burst. And some people got really burned. And if Dalvin Cook, a guy with a pretty littered track record of injuries, if he gets hurt again, you your bubble burst. And, and, and you were caught and holding how many good
2: young running backs are there in the league? He could well, easily drop to RB8, 9. And right now, I would say he's almost consensus, like RB2, RB
1: three. The, the the NCAA gave us what six last year? Yeah. The, the the Big Five and Antonio Gibson and we'll say seven. Your boy James Robinson. There you They go. gave us seven last year. They're going to give us certain. at least. They're going to give us three or four this year. Yeah. It's only a matter of time. So we're going to springboard off of his great and I mean great twenty twenty to give us an opportunity to to build infrastructure for the rest of our roster. All right, Jerry, you owe us one more running back. You're breaking up with.
2: I am between two. Um, I think I'm not going to say Alvin Kamara because we just had that conversation on Dalvin Cook and it's the same exact situation. Except for potentially Drew Brees gone and we saw how he was in the passing game without Drew Brees and it was gross. But so I am going to skip that one because it's the exact same argument and we are we're, you know, trying to convince people we're in different situations. Let's talk about Aaron Jones. I don't think he's going to be in green Bay now. I, I don't, I don't know what you think, but I don't really think he's going to be there. And that has been a man that has been so good at finding pay dirt, 27 touchdowns in the last two years, 35 in the last three. And that's just rushing the ball. He's also had six touchdowns receiving. So the dude has been a touchdown monster. Um, and I don't think he's going to find that wherever he goes. I, I, I know there's some rumors that he's going to Miami. Listen, he could, he could be a thousand yard back and he could get six touchdowns and he'll be fine. But that's not what you're selling him at right now. That, that's not what you would get if you tried to sell Aaron Jones. You're going to have to add some juice, almost certainly, to get you know some of these young guys, these these 2020 rookies, potentially 2019 even, like, I'll take Miles Sanders in a, in a heartbeat. Like, I'll add a little bit, too, if I have to, even though he struggled. So you might not have to, and Aaron Jones didn't. I just, you know, he's go, he's on the verge of being 27. I think this is going to be his age 27 season. And what? he He's going to sign a long-term contract until he's 31, and you're going to rely on him until he's 30? I just, that's, listen, there's a chance it works out that, that way. But history is not on your side. So I I am going to... I think now is the time before that value starts to dip, Um, especially because it could change very quickly. So this is a situation that you should definitely be monitoring now because in the event he adds, he goes to a bad location, Randy, you're going to be in trouble. You're going to take an immediate loss.
1: Well, he's a running back. And and by the way, it came, it came out on Twitter today. Uh, I haven't seen a fluff piece like that since, uh, since the last adult film production. I saw a lot of fluff, a lot of fluff that a lot of interest. And he could command up to $15 million a year. That feel, you know, who leaked that his agent leaked that to drive (laughs) interest, you know, he's going to be fine. You know, again, this is, this is a guy that if you draft him and redraft in 2020, I'm going to give you two big thumbs up. Yeah. This is dynasty 27 years old, running back, going to team number two. It's to Jerry's point. It's not a track record for success. Could it happen? Sure, it could happen. Does it happen a lot? Probably not. Could he? Could he take a bad fit because he's chasing dollar-dollar bills y'all Sure he could. And I can't say I blame him. From a businessman standpoint and just a common sense standpoint, if a team that's less than ideal fit is going to give me $3 million more uh, a year or $10 million more million guaranteed, I've got to take that. I'm a running back. I play the most dis- d- disposable, and injury-prone position in the NFL. I've got to take that money, Sonny. And hope springs eternal. If he goes to Miami, trade him. Just trade him. Go. I mean, if I can get an even up, if I can get an even up for Cam Akers, maybe I can get Cam Akers Plus. Obviously, if you can't tell or didn't listen to last week's show, your boy here, big on Cam Akers. But if, if I can move him for one of these 21, 22, 23-year-olds, I'm in, man. Especially if I can move him for him Plus, I thank Aaron Jones, Jerry. Great call. I'm going to call my final timeout. I got, I got one left, and I'm going to tell you about our Patreon. And speaking of your boy Jalen Hurts, the number one DM I've been getting from the Patreons is on Jalen Hurts. Uh, everybody's fascinated on him, and that's Patreon.com forward slash Dynasty Warzone. And man, this is our community. And everyone's looking to be part of a community. We've all felt weird, man. We've all felt weird at a work function, at a, a significant others function, where we just want to talk about fantasy football. But you can do that. You can duck in a corner, and you can DM with me or Jerry or one of the many dozens and dozens and dozens of Patreons at the Dynasty Warzone. Jerry, we'll talk fantasy football with you. You can you can duck in the kitchen. You can talk to the, uh, the guy serving the... Uh, the Horace dare And uh, we'll talk some dynasty with him and the, the D
2: listen. And, and it's not going to be that awkward conversation. Do you know how, when you, you know, you hear somebody over, over talking to someone and they're like, Oh yeah. I Like, you know, the chiefs or whatever. And you're like, okay, that's the guy I got to talk to. You know, I can talk a little football with this guy and you walk over there and you start mentioning stuff. And then all of a sudden they give you that look. Like you've said something, they have no idea what they're talking about and they're just sort of nodding their head and they're like, Oh yeah. No, I think LaShawn McCoy is going to be really good in that offense this year. And you're like, farts. Like, come on. You already know you're overqualified for the situation.
1: Now, if you think LaShawn McCoy is going to be good in any offense next next year, I, I, I no, may, that's, I, that's I may have to saying. take that's out the guy a, a you help one of that.
2: You always uh, end up talking to that guy. Right. That's what I'm I, saying.
1: I got you. Oh, yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you,
2: for sure. you just got to be like, uh-huh. Okay, I'm going to go get a drink real quick. That's not what that's not what the Patreon chats like. They and are then, degenerates.
1: And then you go to they, the, they the chat talk and you're about like
2: the the obscurities that we will get into.
1: Th- th- this guy at this party just said LaShawn McCoy's going to be good next year. I mean, that's the kind <laughs> and of, we the, can that, make fun of him.
2: It's a good time.
1: And, and, and this is what people want. Again, a lot of podcasts have player valuations and and they nail them. A lot of great takes on who's going to be good, who's going to be bad, a good season, a bad season. But, man, we have an entire archive of stri- of strategic-based podcasts that are already there and more on the way. Uh, we got one coming up this week that I'm going to share with the Patreons, a tool that's easily accessible everywhere that I think is better than calculators but work well in conjunction with calculators. On top of that, we have startup Hammers. season. We have startup season right around the corner. Uh, you'll wind up being in the league with me or Jerry or maybe both. Uh, as well as Maddie and Lou and Dr. Kyle and Evil Kyle and Jake and, and Tyler and just so many people. And uh, it's all available at Dynasty War Zones Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Dynasty War Zone. All right, Jerry, I want to give you my first guy at the wide receiver position because I want to give you a minute to catch your breath. Are you ready? Okay. Hurtful, ahead. hurtful. I know I'm going to hurt your heart. It's Juju Smith-Schuster. All right, it's Juju Smith-Schuster, the soon-to-be free agent. But here's my question with Juju. Is Juju ever going to command more targets than he's seen in Pittsburgh? He's had 443 targets in his career. That's 56 a game. That's I'm sorry, that's 56 games. That's 7.6. Is he going to get eight targets in the next offense? And he's got season yardage totals of 917, an eye-popping 1426, 552 831 you do some olympic style scoring you throw out the 1426 and throw out the 552 and what do you got you got a guy who averages 850 yards a year going into a new offense and here's the big thing here's some strategy for you as it relates to the wide receiver position the NCAA is giving us 20 to 25 wide receivers a year and I got news for you. Is Juju even in the top 10 athletically in this class? If Juju was in this class, if he was with the Batemans and the Moores and the, and, and the Smiths and the Waddles and the Chases, where's Juju gonna go in this class athletically? Somewhere around the middle. You don't know where he's going. He's gonna go to a new team, not always a recipe for success when wide receivers ch- And I said it earlier on Twitter, Juju Smith-Schuster, to me, is what happens if Sterling Shepard could stay healthy and play 14 to 16 games a year. That's really who he is. He gets a lot of love because he's an interesting fella. He does neat TikToks. And I tell you what, he's a damn good human being. He invests a lot of his time and resources into helping the community. He's a Steeler, one of the most popular teams in the NFL. But all of that doesn't give me a popcorn farts worth of value for Juju Smith in a dynasty. If I could get the 108 for Juju Smith in a Superflex, if I could get the 106 in a non-Superflex, I'm gone. I'm going to cash in my Juju chips, and I'm going to invest in a, a Rashad Bateman, a Rondale Moore, a Devonta Smith, a, a Jalen a Waddle, 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 Waddle. But anyway, you, you, you get my point. It, it, it's time to stop clinging to name, value, and dynasty. You know, we, we we I did the same thing. By the way, I, this is so I'm sharing with you guys the lessons I've learned from my own bad beats over the year. This is when I fell in love with a guy from Michigan named Braylon Edwards, and I was always going to recapture the heat that was that 1600, and six, 1,600 yard and sixteen TD season with Derek uh, Derek Johnson Derek something. I don't know. He, he he made a Pro Bowl that year. He was a Brown, but. I, I always thought he was going to recapture that magic and he never recaptured that magic. That, that one mysterious season just kept me coming around a season too long. So I'm sharing with you the lesson that I've already learned and I'm not going to learn it again with Juju Jerry. I know that hurts you. You are a Juju fan, but I, I've got to come clean. That's how I'm feeling. I think it's
2: fair. It's, it's tough because what, what do the, what do the Steelers do? They make wide receivers. Chase Claypool, Deontay Johnson, and Martavis Bryant, and Juju, and Antonio Brown, and we can keep going, Emmanuel Sanders. They always have. They probably will continue to do the same exact thing. He would have to land in a very good spot, and that does not mean he would repeat the 1,400-yard season. So you're hoping, you are hoping that Juju does what Allen Robinson did and not what Braylon Edwards did, where it took a little bit, and then Allen Robinson got got cooking again, and now you can find him at the, I don't know, wide receiver 12-ish, sort of that back-end wide receiver one, high-end RB, or wide receiver two range. I think it's fair. I think it's fair. I think everybody hates Juju, though. So I, I do think you can get him for relatively cheap. Uh, I think he is a wide receiver three on a championship-level team, I don't know if you're going to be able to get him for that, though. I I don't think he will slip that far in a startup to where that's where you would get him. Um, So that's, that's going to be tough. So I'm with you. I'm cool with it. I'm going to take a guy that's consistent. He has been dominant. And we've heard his name since he went like sixth overall in the draft of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Mike Evans. And it's not because I don't think Mike Evans is a dog. Now, he whines. Oh, my God. He whines. He's like the LeBron James of the NFL. He cries for a flag every single time he doesn't catch the ball. And he, and he, every time, that hand signal where you you reach for the pocket and you, you throw the flag, that's him every time. It's just pretty touchdown dependent. Now he he eclipsed a thousand yards this year, just barely. He hit one thousand and six, so he ju- he did just enough to keep that streak going. But it's the thirteen touchdowns that made you love him. It's just rough, and it, especially when we don't know what the situation with Tom Brady is. Uh, Jameis Winston is no longer there to just chuck up YOLO balls to him. So it would be one thing if Jameis was just sitting on the bench and that was the heir apparent and you knew that that could happen, which is sort of why I didn't put Michael Thomas in this situation because, you know, I think Michael Thomas does, if Drew Brees leaves, at least have somebody that can get him the ball. You know, Tom Brady is a endless, timeless wonder that is – it is – he is a scientific anomaly is what he is. So I I, I don't know. Maybe he continues playing for all we know. Maybe he really goes to 45. Maybe he goes to 52. I don't know. Gambling that he goes much longer, though, is just a risk I'm not willing to take. And in the event that, and they got their ring, they, they got the Super Bowl that Tampa Bay wanted. I, I wouldn't be shocked if they, you know, were happy to restart at some point. Chris Godwin, I would guess he probably does not sign the franchise tag or go there because that man can get paid because he's a young man um Leonard Fournette is getting to the end I mean Ronald Jones is okay he showed some things that I wanted to see I guess but I don't know I, I, that team could not be in the same situation offensively very soon and you're still not seeing the consistency with Mike Evans outside of the touchdowns which is fine you know he did have a couple games where he was very big but you see a lot of these 40 yards in a touchdown
1: can I hit you with a uh with a with a, with a Mike Evans stat that'll blow your mind okay go ahead so we have a a patreon betting group that we you know we we, we make bets together obviously i'm a degenerate i host a couple of gambling shows in season we're going to roll one out next week looking at some uh some season totals and maybe some some draft props but uh mike evans so i made a lot of money betting his unders in the playoffs so he played 20 games in total four playoff games 16 regular season games he had 64 or less 64 or less yards in 14 of 20 games 70 percent of the time he gave you 64 or less receiving yards with tom brady that man i the 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 name going into year eight he'll be 28 not a death sentence but he'll be 28 going into the start of the season I, i mean if if he has a touchdown regression year where does that leave you i do jerry i think that's the i think that's the great call I think that's your best call of the episode. So I'm going to give you a tip of the title list, Cap, and I'm going to go to the desert. Are you ready? Yep. DeAndre Hopkins, oh, that is, Yeah, yeah. You, you I mean, gave it away. Yeah, man, going to the desert. I mean, here's the thing. He is coming off of his third best yarded season of his career, and he tied a career high with 115 receptions. But the truth is is that he he only had seven 100-yard receiving games. And he had 55 or less yards. So after their bye in week eight, those final nine games, he had 55 or less yards in six of those nine. So of the final nine games, 55 or less yards. And he's going into year nine. Nine. There are still people in your dynasty league that think he is a wide receiver one in a startup. In redraft, sure. Again, you you, you want to hitch your wagon to this dude it, because, again, the longer you delay, the less they'll pay. That means the, the other GM you're trying. Every minute every oh. day, hey, uh, it's a commercial here locally for a, uh, like a like a like a mom and pop furniture joint. I just repurposed it. Yeah, but don't delay or uh, you will not get paid because it's it's a simple game of numbers. you know, more dynasty services again, great job of, of player valuation. Um, you don't want to move him now. You want to move him after your rookie draft. So at this point, keep him in your hip pocket. You'll you'll be able to sell that 115 receptions. You'll be able to sell his third highest career receiving yards. You'll be able to sell going into year two with with Kyler Murray. You'll be able to sell. It won't be a COVID offseason anymore. You'll have a lot of great selling features with DeAndre Hopkins. You just have to – and now's a great time. So many, so many other dynasty services – are recommending that you sell him. And when you're not, you just got to sit there and just shrug. Eh, I'm not selling today. It's not a lie. It's not the truth. But, it's. Not, I mean, if they come with a dump truck full of picks and players, we'll certainly move DeAndre Hopkins. But but that other GM in your league's going to be, I, I mean, I wonder why he's not moving him. And you know what? And you can just say, hey, you know, he had 115 catches last year's why. Or he had his third most receiving yards ever last year and then you let the, rookie, let the rookie draft go, you let free agency go, then you circle back around to that owner who maybe had a little interest, and say, uh, you know what, let's talk. You know, you wound up with this player in the draft, or you have this player on your roster, hey man, let, let, let's talk. Hey fellow GM, let's talk about DeAndre Hopkins. Then you unload, because if you do it right now, you're following the generic dynasty advice you're getting everywhere, and you seem thirsty as can be, and, and you just look desperate to move. But if you play it a little bit different than your league mates play it or other Dynasty GMs play it, it won't be as obvious. Because if you go trying to sell him now, you might as well wear a sign around your neck like a sucker with a Born to Lose tattoo across your forehead. If not, you might as well wait, move him when, when the opportunity's right, because what's going to happen? The fantasy footballers in their redraft show are going to be drafting him high. Matthew Berry on his, his redraft show are going to be you know talking him up. Let someone else artificially inflate their value because dynasty players listen to redraft shows. Then, and only then, do you swoop in and make a move on him. And uh, maybe you only wind up with a young player in a 2022 first. That's cool. I'm down. I'm, I'm hip with that, man. I'm, I'm good. So I'm moving DeAndre Hopkins. There's a little how-to behind how my mind works, the mind of Memphis, if you will. Jerry, give us one more. Give us one more, Guy. Anything on Mr. Hopkins or my uh, my tactics?
2: The, the tactic is the most important thing that you just mentioned. There is so many situations. Because what do we talk about all the time with rookie picks? Wait till you get closer to the draft because the, they'll increase in value every, every single time. Here's the thing about players like DeAndre Hopkins. When teams start to get excited about winning a championship, when they start seeing that their team is in second or in third or in first and and the trophy is there and the money is there, everybody starts to value players like him. They start valuing redraft players much higher. I love it. And the problem that I see everywhere, everywhere. I am in a lot of leagues. I know you are too. I know everybody that's that's listening right now is too. You don't see that. You don't see that kind of discipline with a lot of teams. Where they just they want to make the trade and they want to do it, but they're trading the wrong people at the wrong time. And I think DeAndre Hopkins is a perfect scenario like that. Wait, wait until you get in season, and then you can just milk that puppy dry, and it'll be great for you. But my guy, what the hell? I might, I might as well piss on the Detroit Lions a little bit more. Kenny Galladay, Randy. He had his good season, you know. Matthew Stafford comes out his first eight games and he's on fire. And then David Blau comes in, and Jeff Driscoll or whoever the hell else they had, and Kenny Galladay was still eating, and he was still getting you fantasy points, and he was going nuts. So, and he, you know, he had a twelve hundred yard season, eleven touchdowns. Oh my goodness gracious! We got to see Matthew Stafford. You know, this whole this whole year, he played five games. He had three hundred and some yards. Kenny Galladay, that is, with Stafford. Then he got hurt. Um, you know, he's going to be what, like twenty eight? I think. I think he's twenty eight next year. We've seen
1: one that man. He will be. He will turn twenty eight in season. He, November third, he will turn twenty eight. So this is technically what the uh, if you believe the industry standard, this is his apex season. Um, but yes, that th- you wanted to know that it's the man's age, 27. So 27, which, which, which seems crazy, but he came into the league at 24.
2: So, you know, we we're, we're, we've already seen this man hit, hit, hit the rise. And now he's going to start to hit, hit the descend already. And okay. Let's say, let's say he signs this franchise tag. We're going to go multiple situations. He signs the franchise tag with the Detroit lions who are going to be a dog crap team that are going to win four games, you know, or or about, we talked about the hard schedule. We talk about the lack of talent. They were already a bad team this year. They probably got worse. What's he really going to do? We're we're talking about a new head coach. We're talking about a new everything, everything. I just, it's, it seems like it's a struggle. Let's say he goes somewhere else. What are they going to sign him to? You you think someone's gonna sign a guy who's coming off a major injury, who missed eleven games last year, has one good season, one serviceable season. I just I I where is the long-term appeal of Kenny Galladay? He he's a big guy and he can make some great catches. He has never, never been one of these monster guys he's never been julio he's never been baby tron that was a stupid nickname it never should have existed he's not that guy he's he's just not i i think he is an easy sell i don't think kenny galladay is going to be a relevant fantasy asset you know by 2023 yeah i i really it, don't
1: it, it that's hurtful because i'm a guy with a couple of kenny galladay shares out there, but, but do man, you if disagree? If you, if you no, disagree, i would love no, it. Yeah, that's no, what I'm saying. No, because if Kenny, if Kenny Galladay winds up on the Ravens, that's no bueno. That's that's, oh, the, God, I mean, that's not, what, what, I wasn't even thinking what, about something that bad. That's what if gross. he goes to the that, Patriots. They just want to throw up. What about the, even worse, I mean, wh- yeah. where are the where? So you, you got to, and I don't have it pulled up or I would do it for you, but that this is another tactic go to teams that have cap space. Think about the amount of money Kenny Galladay is going to want and where could he go? Best case scenario, he goes to the New York Giants. He goes to the New York Giants. He allows everybody to work down a level. There's some volume there. I like Daniel Jones. Okay, there's a positive. Maybe he goes to New York. Works opposite of Denzel Mims. That's a team that's going to have some capital. Uh, He could go to Jacksonville. And uh, Jerry, you ready for one more? He could poop on the value of guys like DJ Chark and LaVisca Chenault, but... He's not guaranteed. If I'm Kenny Galladay, I'm praying like hell that I get that sixteen point five million dollar franchise tag, and let me ride one more year in in the Motor City. See what I did there, Jerry? Ride mm-hmm. Mo- Mo- Motor City. Let me like ride. One, let me ride one more year in the Motor City until the cap situation turns around, and I can get another pull at the big dollars in twenty twenty two. So. I can't say I blame you. That one out of everything you brought up, that one probably cuts me the deepest because I probably believe in Kenny Galladay more than anybody. But Jerry, man, I, I believe in what we're doing here, man. I'm I'm ready for next week. We're going to do our free agency preview show. I believe that's what's on deck next week. And uh, man, we we got some guests coming up. We got some big things coming up, man. But but what do you need these people to know? What's going on in Jerry World? Uh, how can you help them be better than they were yesterday?
2: Listen. The longer you delay, the lower you'll get paid, man. I, I honestly, I think that was, I think that was the that's best a T-shirt. Oh, that's a T-shirt. that, that is a T-shirt. The, the, the you the make sure it's not wasn't. copyrighted from the mom and pop down in Indy. but P- prove, it. I, prove I, it. Prove I, where I, I stole <laughs> it. From. That I, I think that was honestly the best part of the entire show because it's something that just does not happen. Everybody wants to talk about trades and everything else, but they don't. They don't actually, you know, they're not. Disciplined enough to trade the correct pieces at the correct time, they just everything gets lumped up into the same thing. Uh, I think it is an untapped, unexploited area of this game. So I liked. I that was my favorite part, at least. That's what I took from.
1: If, if it's if if you delay, you won't get that pay. So uh, and and that's the thing that I enjoy doing. Um, I do that a lot at the Dynasty Happy Hour Contractor. It, it's it's one thing to tell you who to trade. It's another thing to tell you how to trade for them. And, and the deals that you can make. And, you know, we do a lot of that stuff here at the Dynasty Warzone, and we're going to continue to do that. So we're going to get out of here. Uh, I'm going to thank my co-host. I'm going to thank Jerry. Um, guys, lots of good stuff on tap. you got to make sure you rate, review, share, and subscribe every single place you can. Uh, it costs you nothing to do it. Uh, if you're interested in the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Dynasty War We mentioned Viridian Global. And on the way out, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mention my man, Matt Vincent, Hate Brand Goods. This is my athletic apparel. If you want to follow me personally, it's Memphis 185. And all those funky, funky shorts that I'm wearing are courtesy of Hate Brand Goods. Uh, if you use promo code Memphis at checkout, you will save. And uh, on behalf of that man, his name is Jerry Sinclair. You can follow him at D W Z. My name is Memphis. You can follow me at DWZ Memphis. And remember, here at the Dynasty War Zone, we are just trying to make the world a better place for fantasy football. We will see you next week with more Dynasty goodness. Take care, guys. Have a great week.
3: Tell us a little bit about Hate Brand. When did that start, and uh, how are things going with it? Things are good, man. Uh, that started in October of 2014. So now, give or take seven years into doing whatever this thing is, and um, that's apparel company I started then, and wanted to start making some clothes that I wanted to wear is really where it started. It star- and, uh, did it
2: start more with you writing something first? Like, yeah, you, like yeah. uh, was it like an ebook or something that you put out? Or
3: yeah, it's a uh, it's a book, and then we made an ebook. So I wrote a book in 2010. Of uh how to train for the Highland Games called Training Lab. And one of the sections I wrote about in the book is called the hate. And this was just this kind of personal philosophy I had that my brother and I had spoke about. Um just with athletes that we admired. And it was these guys that just, you know, still on top, still still willing to do the work to get better, that it seemed their concern was always about them getting better to their standard and not about what had to do with anyone else.
2: So they didn't hate other people.
3: you see those guys get up in the morning on like 4 a.m. And it's, yo, that dude hates himself more than me. That guy's willing to put in the work. He's willing to do it. And so from that point on, it was about like, I'm all right with getting beaten by someone better than me, but I'm not willing to be outworked. It's hate Brand goods. That's uh, my company. That is what we've started. I hope you guys have checked it out. If you want to go over to the hate.com hate for me means it's about self improvement. It's this self motivation through self loathing. This This bit of loathing of not tolerating your own bullshit, that little voice that says today's good enough or what we did's fine or no one's going to know that I'm taking today off. Like, fuck all that, man. I know. Like, I hold that standard. I'm accountable to me. And that's it. That's why I chase goals. I do it because of me. I don't do it because of what someone else is going to think of it or what someone else's approval is. And it's about holding yourself to that. The rest of that motivation can fade, but as long as you're in control of being able to make you do the shit you want to do, you're golden, man. So head over to the hate.com, use code o and save yourself some cash. You-